0: Welcome to the Hembo High School podcast. With your host, Gil Christian Paul Muser. Uh, today we have our guest, Mr. McCauley. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon to you. Let's have a show.
1: All right. So first off, let's start off. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I consider
2: myself an educator, an athlete. And I enjoy working with students. Mm. So you, you coach as well, right, at the high school? I do coach. I coach uh, soccer and I coach wrestling. And then you teach uh, where? I teach at the Chenery Middle School in Belmont. And I teach... I'm currently teaching sixth grade and I have taught fifth grade in Belmont as well. And in Swampscott, I've taught fourth and fifth grade. Oh, wow. So you have, um, you have quite some time in teaching.
0: Um, wh- why did you decide teaching? Why teaching?
2: Well, um... I guess it goes back a ways. I've been teaching for 23 years, and I I always enjoyed working and teaching other people. Um, When I initially graduated from college with an architectural degree and worked in a firm for a short period of time, I knew that I have too much energy to be sitting in a cubicle. Um, I tried out substitute teaching for about a year, and I absolutely loved it. So I went back and got my master's degree in education. So that's where I ended up.
0: Oh wow! So um, you it's a a, quite a huge career change. Some would say. Um, What I mean, so you've been teaching for some time. What What's the best part of teaching? What do you love the most
2: about teaching? Students, I would say the best part of teaching in general is working with young people who are open to new ideas, who bring a lot of energy. Who ask and are enthusiastic about the world and discovering it, and um, with having a lot of students that are willing to
0: learn and always interested in learning, sometimes you have students that are, they they you know they have the drive, but they're not they're not capable of like you know doing things the first time or the second time or even mm-hmm. the third time. Yeah. How do you balance um, with such a with with quite a large uh, number of students in a class? How do you balance the students who sometimes struggle with the students who um, go above and beyond all the time?
2: Well, I think the big—that is the big challenge, right? Because I think recognizing the fact that people have different skills in all areas um, requires flexibility. So, I try to identify students' strengths and work with those strengths, whether I'm working with student athletes or students in the classroom. And I think that students recognize that I'm looking to identify their strengths and work with their strengths. That allows them to take some risks that they might not otherwise be able to take
1: but there's also students who are like very gifted and they just get it immediately but they don't do any work and then they they do a bit worse so how do you try (laughs) to like inspire those those yeah well i i
2: actually that's why i love teaching fourth fifth and sixth graders because um the content becomes a little bit more difficult and the students who for whom school was very simple in the lower elementary school grades may not have some of the organizational skills or might just not be motivated
1: all that much so do you do things like binder
2: checks and uh, oh yes yeah. so many different things that are management oriented mm. so um I'm, I'm fortunate that i also have a lot of energy but um i also have a lot of experience with different management techniques so i help folks who are in at this age level to gain some of those mm. skills and i also require it which a lot of teachers don't because I incorporate that into my grading system. So you, could you uh, like describe your, your basic day at school? Sure. So first I have 128 students this year. Oh, wow. I teach five classes. Uh, so it's, it averages around 25 in a class. Um, I teach, um, in addition to that, I have two blocks in which I'm either in a meeting or I'm preparing. Um, so this year, I teach my first two blocks. I have a, a meeting, I have a little short, little lunch, twenty minutes. If you like lunch, mm-hmm. don't teach. Um, and then I I teach three more, and then I have another block. I'm either in a meeting or um, prepping for the next day. So, so
1: you mentioned how there's twenty five people in the class. Do you think that's a good amount?
2: No, no, no it's way too, way too many. Um, I have taught where I've been able to get around to students and get to know them a lot better. Um, I mean, just doing the math, 50 minutes, 25 students, that's yeah. two minutes each at the most, mm-hmm. right? That's if I spend a lot of time with each individual, but obviously I can't. So I love Belmont as a, as a system. However, right now we're growing so much, it's very difficult to meet the
1: individual and get to know him or her. So do you think making a new school, as we've heard about at the high school, like, would be better?
2: Oh, absolutely. We need more space. Um, I don't know if it will solve the numbers problem. We need more mm-hmm. teachers as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: and you talked about, uh, we, we covered the students sometimes um, not having to drive. Yes. So as a student on the first day of school, what should I be doing and what should I not be doing?
2: <laughs> well, I would just go in and hopefully you're going in with open eyes and uh, at least the attitude where I would like to meet some new people and I would like them to meet me. I would say that's all you really need to do in addition to showing up with the materials because I am certainly wanting to meet my students and get to know them. And I also, on the very first day, know that everybody's nervous. It's like everybody's new. So be that great person that you are and show up. Do you have any examples, like experiences of things not to do? <laughs> yes, don't bring toys day one. and And try not to be the kid who's establishing themselves as the clown day one, Mm -hmm. right? That's a little difficult. Actually, this is kind of funny. Day one, I think it was a fourth grade classroom. Also, don't lock your bike lock around your stomach because I had a fourth grader show up day one with his bike (laughs) lock locked around his stomach and we had to call the fire department. Yeah, so that was a bad move. So
0: um, if, if you could pass uh, like a piece of advice to anyone looking to go into the, into the teaching profession, what would it be?
2: I would say try it out because it's definitely not for everybody. I, I was fortunate to have had um, experience coaching prior to my experience as a substitute teacher, but I would recommend actually getting in there as a substitute or – some type of long-term in a building because people have, everyone has had experience as a student and being a student is not being a teacher and it does not translate. So um, some people might be very, uh, have different ideas of what teaching actually is. It takes a lot of management, it takes a ton of energy, it takes a lot of planning and you have to love it because I put in very, very long days. Uh, I've been in my class in seven, it's five, and I still have at least two hours of work to do. Wow. So I fit in typically 10 to 12-hour days.
1: So are there any, like, major differences between the grades? Like, obviously, there are, like, what, what are they?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, as you guys know, you're older uh, high school students, but... It it changes. Every single grade is pretty dramatic change, honestly. I mean, physical changes, emotional changes, and intellectual changes. So you have to know um, how to keep pushing folks at the stage that they're at and not get beyond where they're at. that's, that's That can get, it takes a little bit of experience at a grade level, I feel like, to, to get the sweet spot.
0: And just, this is somewhat a personal question. Do you feel like you have impact on the students that you teach? Do you feel like you, you somewhat change their lives, like truly
2: do it? I, uh, well, some people, yes. I do believe that I, I try to model what I believe um, is, is, are the right things. Mm-hmm. And I show up and I'm prepared and I'm passionate. And I think if you are prepared and passionate and no matter what you're doing, you're going to enjoy it. And, and I'm very lucky because I do love my profession. I really do, and I talk to lots of adults who ha- don't have that, and I'm also doubly lucky because that also allows me to coach as well, which I also yeah. love a lot.
0: Yeah, and about coaching, uh, you, you're the coach for the JV soccer team. Yes, sir. Uh, when did you get into soccer?
2: Uh, third grade. I've, I've played soccer all, since third grade on. I've, I've never, I'm on a team, an over-50s team. I play all seasons. So Never stopped.
0: You're in, you're, in, you're really you like to get out there, and um, we definitely um, as as one of your as one of your players, I see you have you have a lot of passion. How, how yeah. do you manage to keep that you know running for such a long time?
2: Uh, you know what? I honestly, it drives me to do it. So, I eat well, I exercise, I do all those things that you need to do to be healthy. But, I wouldn't do them unless I taught and coached because those motivate me um, to be strong so I can be with my students and my athletes um, and be as good
1: as I can be in the job that I'm doing. So would you say like coaching and teaching kind of goes hand in hand, like to do one, is it it's better to do both? Than I think so
2: because I think I'm a much better coach because I've taught. Um, before, when I initially started coaching, I, I wasn't a teacher, mm. and I approached it with a different mentality. Now that I understand that I need to nuance things a little bit more and meet players yeah. where they're at developmentally, um, it helps me, yes. Yeah. It also helps me to plan practices, mm. which I didn't used to do.
1: Uh, yeah. You
2: guys know because yeah. you saw me with my little card in my yeah. hand for yeah. practices, and yeah. you should see me at wrestling, and I have quite an <laughs> extensive plan. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: So, uh, we're seeing technology sweep the schools. I mean, almost every school you go to, you find a smart board. Sure. How has technology affected learning or the way you teach in general?
2: Quite a bit. Um, When I started out, we did not have the same technology. So, it allows me to show students many different things, uh, interact with them. Right now, um, we just finished up a unit on the seasons, and it really requires a lot of three-dimensional modeling which is very challenging. So I use simulations I, I, and it allows the students to see things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to see. Um, the other thing is, all of your generation are very orient, screen oriented because you grew up with them. And as soon as I turn a screen on, it's automatic attention mm-hmm. that helps. <laughs> but it, it's the interactive aspect of technology okay. is the key.
1: So I guess like, what are some like, major challenges that the,
2: there still are when you're trying to teach? I think the things that have always been the challenges, you know, engaging students, finding where they're at, um, maintaining their interest, and, and then making sure that they can follow through. Um, and the last part is being able to get their parents involved in the process, which is, which is a real challenge. So um, how do you see uh, teaching
0: changing the next 10 years? What, what, do you, what are some changes that you foresee?
2: Uh, Mostly technology. I I foresee a lot of independent work uh, that I can monitor, and that's already occurring a lot in math. Uh, I also do that in science as well. But uh, if you've used Google Classroom, that's an example where I can give students ind- individual feedback quickly as soon as it pops up on my screen. Uh, same thing for a lot of different types of technologies.
1: But we, I've seen many teachers like say, like, oh, it's better when you do it on pencil and paper. It's better, like, to, to view your work. And yeah. Like, do, do, do you see that as well? Do you see, like, some of the technology actually, like, hindering students and making them, like, do some sloppy mistakes
2: well i don't know if it hinders them but i think like everything you have to learn to use mm-hmm. it in a way that's effective mm-hmm. right so uh for for certain things i i certainly see paper and pencil being very effective and others you know technology being more effective it, it's like everything you have to assess what you're using it for and, and mm-hmm. see if it's most effective for that.
0: So um for if you had uh, this is I've also I've thought about this if you have a, a student who's um who has been struggling in class in the last few months, they they're working really hard mm-hmm. but they they just haven't been catching on, and you have a test and you find them cheating on a test how would you how would you react to that how would you deal with that,
2: I usually just talk to the person you know I I, I ask them about their preparation I ask them about how they're feeling, um, and then. You know, why they felt that they couldn't do it on their own. And we try and dig down into the preparation more than the action because we all make mistakes. So I, I like to think about or I like to help them to think about
1: what they could do differently so the next time they'll they'll be able to show what they can do. So do you try and really like bring down their grade with a zero, or do you try and more, like, teach them, like, make them do make better decisions?
2: Make better decisions, and to be totally honest, cheating is not a huge issue in mm. sixth grade. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, it's only <laughs> high school. Yeah, it yeah. is high school.
2: But I, I think that's also something, because uh, mm. our... Real overarching philosophy mm-hmm. in sixth grade is growth mindset. It's all about improvement. It's all about thinking about your personal best and not necessarily mm-hmm. the grade at the end of the day. So I guess like
1: that also begs the question: like, do you think like it's it's good that like people are striving so hard for the grades in high school? Do you think it helps no. people learn? No, at not at all. I I think the grade is
2: nonsense. Mm-hmm. I think if we didn't have report cards, it would be great. Um, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I do think honestly, once you get to college and beyond it 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 really is about the process of growth i mean Mm -hmm. i'm 52 years old and i try hard to improve all the time Mm -hmm. in my craft in my sports in my coaching and i think the more that internal drive and reflection it it doesn't matter what someone else is grading me.
1: I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I feel like usually when there's like a really fun class, I usually learn more and I have a better grade in the class as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I try to make it fun and engaging. Mm-hmm. I, I like. I try to be funny. I try to.
1: I always bring energy, and yeah, it helps. I remember when I was in sixth grade, people always said, "Oh, Mr. McCullough's class is the, best. So, it is the yeah. best." It is the best. It is the best.
0: And um, that that kind of goes with the relationship between the teacher. Uh, with my experience, uh, the the better relationship I have with the teacher, the more uh, the better I, I perform in in um mm-hmm. in a class. So, do you always try to get an extra kind of um, step in to make sure that a student you connect with a
2: student? I try. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I mean honestly, it's a real challenge with 128 kids. Mm-hmm. But I, of course, I I mean I chat with kids all the time. I kid around. I'm in the halls. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to go to recess like I used to. Because um, that was a great way to connect. All those small, less structured moments are the best moments to connect. Uh,
0: another question is, uh, what, what do you love the most about uh, the Belmont district, Belmont, uh, Belmont Public Schools?
2: I, I guess the kids and then therefore the families. Because um, people in this town want and support education a lot. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I have a classroom full of students who are prepared and want to learn. So I guess that also
1: begs the question like what do you like the least about Belmont? Right?
2: Um I guess that we're so good um because we are attracted we are growing mm-hmm. and we're bursting at the seams because of it. So I th- honestly I think financially our town doesn't support education as much as they need to.
1: Oh really? Yes. Yeah, cuz we saw we saw like votes to Keep like money going into the Belmont program. Well,
2: I think the folks who have students mm-hmm. in school definitely want yeah more, but that's mm-hmm. a minority of folks in town. Yeah, and anyway, I don't want to get mm-hmm. too too political. I yeah. am involved in the political process, though, just because mm-hmm. of that. I I've re- I've recently been a town meeting member for the past three years, mm-hmm. and I think it's important for me to be involved to put my money where my mouth is, so
1: to speak. Yeah. So that's why I go to those things. It's yeah. difficult, but I, I it, see a lot of opposition for standardized tests nowadays, and mm-hmm. I, I've never really understood that. You-
2: yeah, sure. So I am not a, um, someone who supports standardized testing because I it, okay for in my in my topic science, mm-hmm. it can be somewhat of a p- trivial pursuit. Yeah. Um, I teach student. I just finished a unit on seasons. We spent mm-hmm. three weeks on it. They might have one question on one aspect yeah. of that topic, whether they understand the overarching concept or do they know that one answer to that one topic? I mean, that one question. It doesn't seem like it's testing mm-hmm. a student's knowledge as much as it should be. And I think so much weight is put into that that people miss the point of what an educated person should be.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot of stress on the student mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Right, I agree.
2: And, and it doesn't need to be, right? And, and, and I always, and again, growth mindset is where I'm at. And it, it's hard for a student to say growth mindset from one year to a 12 months later you're taking a test. That's a very... I don't think it's reflective of... I mean, uh, it all
0: comes down to one day. Like, you could be having a bad day, right. and, you know. Yeah. Right. It's totally
2: that. totally true. And and as as someone who's had to take high-stakes um, tests um, just to get into grad school or to be an educator, um, I had to pass tests. And it's nerve-wracking, but the more... You, I, I, I like preparing for those things and the fact that you do have to prepare... But I think a lot of our standardized testing is taking away from the pleasure principle in the classroom because teachers are feeling forced to not teach
1: for the test, but in a sense, yeah. drive towards that goal. Well, I see sometimes, like, at least 7th and 8th grade, we'd spend, like, a week off to, to study for the MCAS. Um, or yeah, i do a bunch of MCAS. Right,
2: right. Yeah. right. So it takes away, f- for me, it takes mm-hmm. away from what I would consider a more holistic yeah. education. But and how, so, um, how do you think
1: we can really like, test learning if we don't have standardized tests? Guess, right? uh,
2: many, many, many ways. So come into my class mm. and watch <laughs> watch my students learn. And I think uh, I think a real I mean, folks talk about portfolios, right? Yeah. Because that's a more um, broad mm. um, reflection of who that individual is. So more like data points. Yeah. More data points, yeah. But but and more specific. Now it'd be very difficult to do on a on a big, broad basis. That's why yeah. we do standardized testing. So it makes it nice and simple so we can have, honestly, mm. I think we have standardized testing so we can say, oh, you're first, you're second, you're third, you're fourth. Mm. And that's just political nonsense. It's not helping students learn.
0: And that was actually leading me to my next question. Besides tests, obviously, what are the um, what are the forms of evaluations do you like to use in your classes?
2: Um, I like to use, when I can, I like to use performance um, experiences For instance, in any of my measurement um, aspects where you're using a triple beam balance, I'll have the Mm -hmm. students, can they do it? Can they actually do, can they find the volume of a rock? Um, I like to have them, I just have them present um, their thinking around in a booklet form, Mm -hmm. in a video form. Um, So I don't just give tests so that they they, they have different
1: opportunities to show what they know. Yeah, you often see classes kind of try and push projects and other forms of learning. That
2: is, yeah. Right, it, it, the more you can and I also also feel like it gives stu- it allows students um to to find their different skills. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you don't even know you have mm-hmm. that ability until you get that experience. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is again I've always wanted to know this uh as, when you when you're setting up groups and mm-hmm. who's sitting where, how do you decide that? So
2: I've evolved that? around that. So um I now have students choose their partners. Oh wow. So I start in about November and I obviously if things don't work I switch them but um, I believe students know even at a young stage of it of of the game what they need and so I set a few criteria points but I certainly let them do it and they get better and better at it as the year progresses because they start to understand they need a strong partner not a friend (laughs)
1: Yeah. do you ever kind of like say like you two can't be together things like
2: that I just move them right away I say this isn't working <laughs> so yeah. we,
1: we, I say this is not forever
2: mm-hmm. you, you, you may end up back together but right now you're not yeah. it's not working and I'll, I'll tell them why mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't say because you know I don't put the individual down I just talk about the behaviors that aren't working yeah, yeah. Um,
0: is there anything that uh, the Belmont town could do more to enhance the teaching environment um, at, at Chennai middle school or, or at the high school
2: um eventually I think we're going to need to rethink how how we financially support schools in this town.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You see like 5k runs like Dan Sharpman to to support funded like Belmont education, but is that is still not enough? Like
2: Oh no, that's great stuff, but that's actually so I don't think a lot of people know that the majority of our technology is mm-hmm. not paid for by the school budget. Yeah. That's mostly through parents. Mm-hmm. Who have students in school and fundraisers like Dan Sharfman um, or other um, fundraisers. Mm -hmm. So I think the majority of our money, not the majority, but a big chunk of our money is not being uh, supported by the majority of the people in the town. And that that needs to change.
1: Yeah. So instead of doing these runs, maybe just... (laughs) Maybe raise taxes. I'm going to say it. Raise the (laughs) taxes. Raise
2: the (laughs) taxes. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. But Belmont is in the lowest third. In the state, in terms mm-hmm. of our percentage for payment, yes, that is true. So we and we are, for <laughs> and we are in the top ten, not top ten mm. percent, but the top ten in terms of schools in this mm. in this state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're good, and we're not paying that much yeah. for it. Why do you think Belmont is so
0: competitive? Why do you think it, it has? Well,
2: you know, I think because we have so many professionals as parents, they understand the value of education because it put them in the position that
1: they're in. Mm-hmm. But how do you think that happened really? Is it just like almost like just a fluid? Like,
2: no, not really. I mean I obviously, I think uh money also is a driver of mm-hmm. everything. Um and so folks in Belmont have um you mm-hmm. know, been a little bit better off in terms of finances for the most part mm-hmm. than some other towns who aren't. It makes a difference. All
1: right. All right. I think, yeah, I think that wraps it up. For that wraps you. it yeah. up for Thank us. You.
2: Thank, thank you for joining us today. M- my pleasure. I've enjoyed it immensely. I'm very proud of my players, my athletes, my <laughs> thank students. You. Thank, you. thank you. Maybe yeah, we could bring you back some other time when
0: you're available. It was definitely an interesting conversation. All right. A lot I- to
2: learn from that. I'd love it. Thank you. All right.
0: So that has been it for the Humble High School podcast today. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>
2: You bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, Shh. the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost. So all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers. Limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service.